you. All right. Well, praise the Lord. I, uh, I have been spoiled in the last couple of days. That house next door, that is first class. First, first, first class. <laughs> it's not just first class. Uh, I have, uh, it, it's something where you can just lay in bed and say, Google, do this, and poof. <laughs> you know, it's done. I thought, wow, that is something else. That's something to write home about. Amen. Well, it's good to be back at Berean Baptist Church. Um, I, I had a lot more to say in Sunday school, but, but I forgot what the preacher told me, and I always try to follow the pastor. And uh, so I thought, well, it's better to cut short than go over. And so gave you a little more time. Look in 1 Thessalonians with me again, and um, it's good that, Jeanette and Julia and I are here, and uh, thank you for all your pats on the uh, shoulder this morning and the hugs and the smiles and all those things. Thank you so much. First Thessalonians, if you'll stand, I'll read verse 15, then we'll have prayer, and then we'll, <coughs> we'll get right into the service. I would like for you to uh, pray for my heel. My heel, uh, this will be my fifth time actually standing in almost seven weeks and, and pray. I've been sitting on a stool uh, behind the pulpit for all these weeks and uh, uh, I'm really not as old as that cane makes me out to be. <laughs> You know, and uh, so, but uh, I need it right now. And this morning is the first time in almost seven weeks I have wore dress shoes. I preached in Crocs, <laughs> green Crocs with holes in them. Yeah, I'm telling you. And then I graduated from that to a pair of casual shoes they wingtip shoes, black, with white trim. Boy, I'm uptown, amen. But this morning, I'm back to the traditional uh, black shoes. Well, I love you. All right, thank you. Two of you do. <laughs> amen. All right. You ready? Okay. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body 
be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us. Father, again, I thank you. I really, I, I, from, my, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you for the privilege it is to be back at Berean Baptist Church. I thank you, Father, for friends. Thank you, Lord, for family. And Lord, what a family your family is. And Lord, thank you. And I want to be used today and throughout the week if you give us another day or so. And as I have prayed hundreds and maybe thousands of times, what I just want to be loving, caring, sensitive to the needs of this church. And Father, I pray also for for those that are lost that may be sitting right in front of me. And I know that your spirit is going to speak to them. Lord, the Holy Spirit is going to give them the greatest invitation that they have ever had in their life. And that is the invitation to to accept and receive salvation. Now, Father, again, use me in a great way. And I'll go ahead and give you the praise and the honor for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I told the Sunday school this morning a a story that is true. I have been in hundreds of churches in the last 20 years and um, been in been in some great, great churches. And um, this pastor called me from York, Pennsylvania. I had never met him before. He, he actually was sitting in front of my family and I during the Southwide Fellowship in Franklin Road Baptist Church uh, the week before he called me. And uh, when he got there, Paul Chapel was preaching and Kenny Baldwin was to follow, and he stayed for both of those messages. And uh, he got a phone call. The associate pastor that was with him got a phone call that his mother was in critical condition, so they had to turn around and drive all the way back to Pennsylvania. And um, so on the way out, they gave him a bag. In that bag had a lot of of, uh, material from different ministries. And the Intercessor Ministry uh, uh, magazine was in that bag. Well, like most preachers, he took it to his office and threw it in the corner. And uh, days later, he, he picked it up and he pulled out the Intercessor magazine. And when he did, he opened the front cover and he saw the prayer for revival book. And he began to read it and actually took it on vacation with him. And, it, and he tells me that the book literally changed his life. Well, he called me and, he, and asked me to come. And I said, I can't come. 
Uh, I don't know when I can come because I'm booked up. And, and he said, Brother Beckham, I really need your ministry to come to Bible Baptist Church of York, Pennsylvania. And I said, I'll tell you what, um, because I really felt a tug. And he's, I, I'll tell you what, preacher, if I get a cancellation, I'll call you. Well, a few days later, I got a cancellation, but it was for that following Sunday or the couple Sundays. And I, I told Jeanette, I said, the preacher won't accept this. It's too, too, too close. Well, I called him. He said, I'll take it. I said, you will? And he said, I'll take it. So I, the family and I, we went to York, Pennsylvania, thinking we'll be there Sunday through Thursday night. Ended up being there seven weeks. God did a miracle. The revival is still going on. Uh, folks are being saved almost every other day, he tells me. And um, they, they, right before the virus started, they had voted to build a bigger auditorium because of all the people that has gotten saved and, and joined that church. And, and so revival started, but where did it start? I thought it was a loving church. I thought it was a very separated, clean church, uh, a church with a vision, uh, uh, just, just all around good church. But I wasn't there long that I found out that it was a very filthy church. Dirty, dirty, dirty. And um, it was a church that had a lot of malice in it, a lot of, lot of anger, people fighting one another and holding grudges to one another. And um, families busted up. I mean, it was a mess. Uh, Twenty-five men stood and said they were addicted to pornography and alcohol and drugs and all kinds of sins were, were confessed openly. Uh, I, had, I had never seen anything quite like it. And um, uh, the people was accountable one to another. We had three pastors, former pastors, to get right. I think two of them, maybe all three of them, uh, said they got saved in that meeting. They had already been in ministry for many years. And one of them brought, brought a whole bag. I'm, I'm talking about a garbage bag now of, of liquor down, down the aisle. I saw him toting it, and, and uh, I said, Sir, you need some help? And he said, Well, Brother Beckham, it's pretty heavy. I, I, I'm okay with it. And, and I said, Let me see. And so I tried to pick that thing up, and it was heavy. Uh, and, and I said to him, what in the world do you have in that bag? He said, uh, well, you said last night, and pastor said last night to go home and clean out, clean out the closets and everything. And he said, I started with my liquor closet. And I said, well, good for you. And, and, and so he brought it down the aisle, throwed it in a trash can. Pastor had three big old trash cans down in front. And, and the church got cleaned up, and today they are, they are kind of like a model uh, for, for me to mention in my meetings about how to have revival. I can point to them and say, call Pastor Bill Shutt and talk to him about what he did. 
but he had to get right. Uh, he stood before his church and he got evil out of his life and, and confessed a lot of stuff. And um, it was amazing. It was amazing what took place there at York, Pennsylvania. But look with me in verse 15. I have learned something in the last two week, uh, last two years that we I have actually learned how to preach um, because you know a lot of men and I did it for many years would 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 uh, give what I thought a verse said or or what this commentary said about a verse or or you know what this great preacher has to say, but now I have learned that it that it's okay to just read the Bible and let the Bible speak for itself. Amen? And, um, and, 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 you know, I used to take an hour or longer uh, in preaching, but I have learned that you don't have to preach an hour anymore. Amen. I just knew I would get an amen on that. And, uh, and so I have learned to just stand with love in your heart, and just preach word for word what the Bible says. Let's see what the Bible says about Berean Baptist Church having revival, okay? If there's anyone in this room that is rendering evil for evil, and you got anger in your heart, or you got malice, or any of those things that the Bible, Colossians 3, talks about, put off these, since you have been risen with with Christ, put off all of these, and it deals with anger and all that stuff. And I preached that series here about three years, four years ago. And, and so Paul is, is, is uh, laying out how to have revival and, and uh, to these Thessalonian believers. And, and it's so simple that children can understand it and teenagers can understand it. Look at what it says. The first thing that everyone in this room, including Brother Beckham, now I'm not a super-duper-duper prayer warrior. I, I'm just learning. I know about that much about prayer now. And, and maybe by the time the Lord takes me home, I might know that much. But I, I do know this. Prayer is not a bunch of words. Prayer is not a bunch of posture. Prayer is a relationship. And it's a relationship with a real person, a real deity. Amen. And, and his name is Jehovah. His name is God. And, 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 and we can have a real relationship with him if we, if we just do what the Bible says. And it says here, don't render evil for evil. Don't be angry. Don't, because those things will tear up your home. Those things will tear up a church. Those things will tear up a nation. Those things will tear up a world. And there's a lot of angry people that are sitting in churches this morning, this morning, just, just so full of evil and anger. And, and you don't know what to do. Well, if you don't know what to do, can I tell you what to do? Get rid of it. Confess it. Go to the one that you are upset with and say, honey, or whatever you have to use before, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry I have hurt you. I'm sorry I have held this grudge against you. And when a church does that, they are putting themselves in a place where God can open the windows of heaven and, and, and just pour down the blessings that he wants to give you. But because of evil, rendering evil for evil, he can't do that. And then another thing I notice in the Bible Baptist Church, in almost every church I go into, there are people, listen, there are people that used to be joyful. I mean, they used to be, I mean, on fire for God. They used to have a big smile on their face. They used to just bubble over with joy. But now, as I look at them, oh my, they look, as I would say in the South, they look like they've been weaned on dill pickle juice. They look like they've been sucking lemons and green persimmons uh, for days. Amen. Uh, I get by with that stuff in the South. Some of you don't look like you like that too much, but, but you'll get over it in a little bit. Amen. Because you can't render evil for evil. So, so you have to love me regardless if you're going to have a prayer life. And so, so if you're not rejoicing this morning, uh, why don't you try this little prayer? David prayed it many years ago. He said, Lord, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Not, not your joy, but his joy. Amen. And, 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 and when we have his joy, we don't have to fake it. We don't have to play. We don't have to play it or anything. We can we can be real Christians, Amen. And uh, and that's that will bring revival. And then in Sunday school, I dealt with pray without ceasing. And I told a little simple story about a guy that actually said to me, Brother Beckham, that's impossible. You can't pray. I can't pray without ceasing, sir. I'm a truck driver. And, he, and, and so what he was thinking that prayer was, was kneeling on your knees, closing your eyes, and, and muttering a bunch of words. And he said, if I did that, I would kill myself and everyone on the road. And I said, oh, you're being silly. You know that's not what I'm talking about. You pray without ceasing is being in the influence of the Holy Spirit all day long. Be in the spirit of prayer. Amen. Uh, thinking about God all day. I'll tell you what. If you think about God all day long, you won't be, you won't render evil for evil. You won't even think about rendering evil for evil. And you will be a joyful person all day long. But you have to keep your eyes upon him. You have to think about his face. You have to think about his presence. And you, and you have to walk in, 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 in knowing that, to have that, that prayer relationship there. Pray without ceasing. Church, I didn't write it. I didn't put it in your Bible. God, the Holy Ghost wrote that using holy men, amen, and, and, and he put it in the Bible, and this is not optional, I'll tell folks it's not optional, this is not something you can do and not do, this is, when you tell your children to do something, do you want them to do it? You want them to do it, right? It's not a trick, nod your head, 
Amen? Uh, it's not a trick. Uh, do you want your children to obey you? You say, Johnny, I want you to cut, your, cut the grass. You don't want Johnny to say, Dad, I just don't feel convicted. <laughs> when I feel convicted, I'll do it. Mama says to Susie, Susie, I want you to wash the dishes. But Mom, I just don't feel convicted. They're not high enough yet. You, you would go and cut the grass. Go in there and clean up the dishes and, and keep your mouth shut. I'm your mama. I'm your daddy. Amen? Well, guess what? We don't want God to... No, no, no. Uh, because I have had, I, I've had him to do this. Benny Beckham, just do what I tell you to do. Am I the only one? Has anyone else have God's hand, loving, gracious, merciful hand go? Hmm? Have you ever had God to go, sit down, be quiet? I have. I've had God to do me that way. And then after he, I sat down and thought about it, guess what? God, you're right. That's when we can get some things done, when we are honest. And then I want you to notice in verse 18, in everything, it doesn't say in some things. People read that verse like, well, how can I rejoice in this? How can I rejoice in that? A good example is Pastor Jason Kuntz. I, I doubt you know him, Brother Reno. Do you know Brother Kuntz? Brother Kuntz, uh, two or three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago now, his wife, at the end of revival time, uh, was taking home two missionaries, children, and, and had hurt one of her daughters in the, in the van, and it was something like 1.30 in the morning going down the interstate in North Carolina. And, 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 a, and a, we don't know whether he was drunk or doped up, but here he comes on the wrong side of the road with his lights off. She didn't even see him coming. Hit her van going 70 miles an hour. The car behind her hit her in the back the same time like this. He got the phone call that they had to cut her out. And, cut, and, and one of the uh, missionary's children almost died. Sister Kuntz almost died. The others were all banged up, broken bones and all this kind of stuff. The very next morning or so, I got a video of Pastor Kuntz, just a young preacher, doing a video. What was he doing, cussing God and blaming God? No, he was rejoicing. He was rejoicing because his wife could have been killed, his children could have been killed, the missionary's children could be killed. Guess what? Every day, he made a little video, and I would call him, and I would text him. And every time I talked to him, he was rejoicing. 
He said, Brother Beckham, I know it's terrible, uh, but it could have been much more terrible. It could have been, she could have been killed. All three of the kids could have been killed. And Brother Beckham, I, 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 people might think I'm crazy, but, but the Bible does say, I have heard you say it, Brother Beckham. The Bible says rejoice evermore and, and, and give God thanks for all things. Doesn't it say that, Brother Beckham? I said, yes, sir, son, it does. And you continue to do it. Regardless of who, who criticizes you, God's proud of you. Rejoice. Amen? A lot of times we, we, we get all tied up in the humanistic way of thinking. But why can't we just do what the Bible says in everything? Give thanks. And I have been asked, and you have heard me say from this pulpit many times, uh, when Diane, my first wife, was dying with breast cancer and brain cancer, someone would say, Brother Beckham, did, did you give God thanks during those, those years? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I'm, I'm here today because I did. I'm in this ministry because I did. I just, I just, I just done what God told me to do. And if everybody in this room and around the world this morning in churches would just do what God says to do, we could have a worldwide revival. Because I'm telling you, God, God has woke up this nation. He didn't just speak to America. He, he sent something that woke up this world. But even at that, I'm afraid that some people has gone back to sleep. They're not listening. The God of this Bible says, I want you to give thanks in everything. And you say, why should I, Brother Beckham? Look at it in verse 18. Everybody, please look at it. Don't take my word for it. The Bible says, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus concerning you. Benny Beckham, it's, the, it's my will that you give thanks for all things. I have, I have, a, lot of, I have a lot of sons. Uh, biologically, I have only one son. But um, I adopted a child. And then I have preacher friends across the... Across the uh, around the world, I guess, now, that um, I consider like a son. And, um, and your pastor is one of them. And, um, but, and I tell them, just stay in the will of God. Make sure you do the will of God. And it's the will of God for you not to render evil for evil. It's God's will for you to rejoice evermore. It's God's will for you to pray without ceasing. It's God's will for you to give thanks for all things. Amen? And if we'll do it, if we just do it, we could have revival. Not some little silly meeting, but real Holy Ghost revival. And then I want you to notice what else. Because you might be sitting here this morning 
And you might, you might be sitting right in front of me. You got your Bible open. God's speaking. And you're saying, I don't like that. I don't like what I'm hearing. I don't agree with that. How can you and how can I say I don't agree when it's coming out of the holy book? Amen. Oh, folks, listen to Brother Beckham, please. More more than that, listen to God. Quench not the spirit. And, and you know what I, have, what I have seen in churches? People will be sitting in churches with their Bible in their lap. The preacher will read the verse. They will read the verse. And then they'll, they'll kick in their humanistic thinking and they'll say, I don't agree with that. Just because it rubs against what you want to do, we, we say, I don't agree with that. But I have learned the hard way. If it comes out of this book, it's good. And it's for my good. And I must follow it, whether I believe it or not. Amen. And, 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 and if you're sitting in here this morning and you're saying, I, I feel very uncomfortable. I just don't feel right. This is really hitting me. I don't know what to do. Let me tell you what to do. Just do what the Word of God tells you to do this morning. Don't quench it. Don't grieve him. Don't talk back to him. Just say, what do you want me to do? And then the Spirit will tell you, I want you to stop rendering evil for evil. I want you to rejoice. I want you to pray. I want you to have a real relationship with me. I want you to give thanks for all things. And then revival will come. Are you listening? Revival will come. And then notice the next thing. Despise not prophesying. You know what happens in, most, in a lot of lives? People won't do what the Bible says. They just won't do. I don't understand it, but they just won't do what the Bible tells them to do. And, and they get to the point, after you get to quenching the Spirit, you get to the point... And you may say, and I know some of you will say to yourself, no, Brother Beckham, that won't ever happen to me. That won't ever happen to me. I will never get to the point that I, that I despise preaching. I won't ever get to that point. Oh, yes. If you're doing the other things, you will get to the point one day. Well, you know, church is not that important. We've been proving that in the last since March, we can sit at home, we can watch it online, we can do all this. Church, let's not get, get there. Amen. There will never be a time that we, that we don't need church. Amen. Need a fellowship. Need someone to pat you on the back. Amen. Someone to hug you. Someone to tell you, I love you. Amen. We need that. 
But if you're, not, if you're not doing these things in order here, I'm telling you, you'll get to a point that you just don't want to hear no more preaching. You just, someone said the other night to me, Brother Beckham, how about this new, what do you think about this new norm? I don't like it. I don't like it. I like the old stuff. I like the old hymns. I like the old preaching. I just, I just like old stuff. Amen. I like to go to old antique stores, not these old modern ones. I like the old antique stores where you can get on your hands and knees and get dirty. The, the stench of the antiques just make, make you go. That's the kind I like. I like going to old bookstores that just stink. I do. I do. I, I, I love it. I can just sit there and go, ah, this is heaven. Amen? I like old things. And I like the, the, the old book. And I like the old doctrines. And I just like the old things. You know why I do? Do you know why I really love the old things? Because I haven't let the new norm change me I'm still in the book I'd rather be dead if I can't just live in the book I'd rather just go on to heaven if I, could, if I can't live the book the book been doing it 54 years I love the book and then it says prove all things hold fast that which is good Abstain from all appearance of evil. That's what happened at Bible Baptist. Man, they was bringing pornography. They were bringing liquor. They were bringing dope. They were bringing, oh, one, one. <laughs> I won't ever forget this one. This guy walked in, and he said, Brother Beckham, what you going to preach on tonight? I said, I, I guess the same stuff I've been preaching on. He said, oh, he said, you told, you told the church last night to go home, bring, bring whatever is a hindrance to them. Brother Beckham, my wife has went in my bedroom and got the television, and she threw it in the trash can tonight, my television. I said, she's your wife? Amen. <laughs> he wanted me to go to her and ask her to get the... I wasn't going to touch that with a hundred-foot pole. Amen. But abstain. People just, just said, well, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing that. And, and, but if you keep it around to tempt you, you're going to just fall right back into it. So get, get rid of that mess. Amen. And then notice what else it says here. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray, <coughs> I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful, faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us. You know what you can do? When you can't do nothing else, you can pray. 
When you can't, when you can't help someone financially, you can still pray. Amen? Yeah, and, and I, can, I can list a whole, whole list of things. But I'm glad we have that tool and that, that, uh, that blessing, the greatest blessing that God gave me as a Christian is the privilege of being able to say, Father, Abba, Daddy. And every day, every day, and all during the day, I call his name because I can do nothing without him. But I can do all things through him. Amen. And all day. Where did you learn that? Did you learn it in Bible college? No, sir. Did you learn it in seminary? No, sir. Well, did you learn it from preachers? No, sir. I learned it watching the life of my Savior. Because he said over and over, I can do nothing without the Father. Then he said, for he doth the work. I've learned that. If it's going to get done, God doesn't want me to bring revival. He just wants me to be faithful in preaching to essentials and then stand back, hang my hands, and watch him do the work. You may be here this morning and you're defeated to the point of giving up throwing in the towel, quitting church. That's not the answer, sir, ma'am. Whatever is discouraging you, give it to the Lord. Get your, get your wife by the hand and your children, and in a few minutes, come to the altar and pray as a family. You may be here this morning and you say, Brother Beckham, I'm lost. I've been a, I, I'm a member of a church, but the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart this morning and showed me that I need more than, than just a membership or a baptism. I need to be born again. And I would like to give my life to the Lord. Well, in a few moments, we're going to give you the opportunity to walk down this aisle Speak to pastor or speak to staff or whoever may be down here. And, and, and let them take a Bible and show you, show you the greatest gift in the world. And that's salvation. I'm glad I did it at the age of 16. I gave my life to him. 
It's been a good 54 years. Been good. And he wants to do the same for you. But you just have. He's not going to make you. He's not going to walk down and kick your door in. But he, but he will do this. Would you come, please? And if you'll come, it will be the best day in your life. Let's pray. Father, I've tried. I've tried to do my best. I've tried to follow you as closely as I could in what to say. And I've tried to stick very close to the words in your book. As you know, it's time to give the invitation and you have spoken to many hearts. I can tell it by their countenance. And Lord, I pray that they won't quench you. They won't say no to your invitation, but they'll say yes. And that today will start a new day for, for them. Thank you. I sure love you. In Jesus' name, let's stand and have.